0: Hello, Jonathan.
1: How's it going? What's up?
0: It's going well. It's going well. It's been a busy few weeks since we last spoke. What about you? It
1: has. It almost almost feels like it wasn't that long ago because the episode was a bit later than normal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we were super lazy on the last one.
1: Yeah, we recorded later than normal.
0: Yeah, so this time we should be back on track recording before... We should publish it, not on the day. So, um yeah. What's what's been going on? What have you been doing? Um like have you been taking on any new projects? Have you been hacking around any on anything? Have you been, I don't know, taking the kids anywhere? Um well, the kid, not kids. <laughs> um what just the one child that just. I'm aware of? <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to allude really to anything. Um yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll not, I'll stop digging a hole. Have you been doing anything? interesting
1: been working on graph cms website still yeah me too it's good it's good Ah, oh, it's funny that's funny that you've been working on that too
0: you started a new podcast though right
1: yeah recorded uh started recording a podcast with uh my fellow first means everything co-founder and um, basic yeah nice. we're just kind of chatting about it's basically just an insight into some of the business decisions um, and some of the stuff that we're doing and yeah, how we do things and why we do things and yeah, just a bit of bit of visibility and a bit of transparency into um, into the business and stuff. So yeah, it's it's yeah. just uh, it's just a, it's a, it's a nice way of kind of you know sharing what you're working on and sharing about sharing your experience in that space. Yeah, I've similar said, yeah, I, similar I... to this.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's just a good way. Like you said, I think back in the first episode, it's kind of a good way to kind of just hold yourself accountable. And especially if you're running that side kind of side th- business, And um, it's a good way for UniCo you founder to kind of reflect on things and also maybe discuss and tease the audience with uh, things you will be doing in the business. So, new competitions and um, features. And I think you spoke, maybe it's not on the last one, but we're on the first one about um, programming not in computer programming but in kind of scheduling uh people's workouts or eating plans i don't like obviously i don't know the specifics can't remember what you said but kind of that programming side of uh whatever it is that you're into that i've got no idea um that's a good kind of format i guess to kind of discuss some of those ideas and maybe offer a way to kind of get people involved and share their thoughts and discuss different things people are doing with uh you know whatever it is to do, <laughs> um, but yeah, it sounds good. Um, I've actually been working a lot on my house recently. Um, I moved house and I bought a house that is maybe three times my age. No, I tell a uh, no, I tell a joke. Uh, twice my age, and it requires a lot of work. And I before I bought it, I thought yeah, this would require a lot of work. You know, it could be something that we can spend um, the next kind of twenty years. Uh, plus kind of improving and getting it how we want. But as I've moved in, you know, I've realized the house is really, really cold. It's freezing cold. Uh, We have to have the heating on, like, all of the time. So, uh, and then some of the windows just condensate and, you know, it's so cold and damp. (laughs) So we've actually already kind of had two, three rooms replastered. And I took on a big task of ripping out the floor in the lounge area Taking out all of the joists, um, re- renewing all of the pipework, moving radiators, adding new sockets, replacing the joists, adding insulation, and then adding new floorboards on top, and then um, you know doing the skirting, painting. Um, I avoided wallpapering because I'm no good at that, um, but it's kind of now it's looking nice. Uh, yesterday I put up the, the curtain pole, so curtains in there now, and then tomorrow um, we'll have a carpet fitted, so it will be a room that we can use again. Um, It's kind of been three weeks of spending all my evenings working on that and I've heavily been kind of using Instagram to kind of just post little things I've been doing. Um, Just trying to kind of go back and and look at it with with my wife and kids and kind of show them this is what we had before um, and this is kind of what we've done now. So it's still a bit chilly in the house, I'd say, but I'm confident once the carpet's in, the door's back, you know, there's a new door on, uh, the room will kind of warm up and... um, would be habitable than it was before because it was i would have been warmer sitting outside in the snow or the the rain um than it would have been in the house there's a lot
1: of uh parallels to software development to 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 refitting a house would you say
0: yeah yeah a lot um especially i I relied a lot on my um my granddad he's retired but he he used to be a builder um you know he's confident with electrics and plumbing and I've become kind of used to that kind of stuff just because you know my dad and grandfather my other granddad had a a road servicing company so it's kind of the trade and kind of all that kind of hard manual labor is in the family and I kind of just took the easy route and sat on my computer (laughs) so um, it's been nice to have those uh, alongside of me to kind of just reach out to and get support from so one of the radiators that we moved uh, it just really wasn't heating up and I didn't really know the first thing to do to kind of debug it um, other than you know bleed the radiators check there was no air in there maybe drain the system refill it and um, turn some of the radiators off to move pressure to that one radiator. there's just a lot of stuff which I wasn't aware of to debug this stuff. I would have just maybe taken the radiator off, took it back to the shop and said it was broken um, and got a new one. But, you know, luckily um, my, my granddad came around and kind of we changed some of the pipes and he said, you know, we could, the flow's not pulling strong enough and, you know, using terminology that really I have no idea about but I've kind of, I'm coming to kind of know more about now which is interesting. So hopefully in the future I can repay that to my, my daughters when they're all done you know they're doing the same as what i'm doing so it's nice um it's been great fun and i actually think i've got quite much you know a lot certainly a lot closer to my my granddad um now he's been helping do out stuff in the house it's kind of just been fun to kind of hear some of his stories you know he's like 73 i think now um and you know and yeah he keeps giving me a lot of grief for um making him well not making him but um he he offers i should say he offers to help me out and do stuff in the house just because he would want it to be done done right and wants to show me um but yeah it's just been nice having him to show me that stuff and you know i'm grateful he's still alive to be able to do that as well and gets to see the girls as well which is good i feel like
1: all of these reasons you've just listed are why i bought a new build house because <laughs> i have absolutely zero skills and not much more interest in in that kind of side of work things. So, I admire your dedication to this, um, and I tip my hat to you and especially your granddad. Um, but yeah, I feel like we've pivoted much. to a, yeah. a DIY podcast.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank, thanks very much for that. But it it is. I I used to live in a new build. Uh, house and then i moved to this one so i've i know what that's like and, and i just kind of want everything done and finished i don't have to do anything so i enjoy it um it's kind of a way to switch off from like development and the daily day-to-day grind of things sometimes just being to take something else around and learn a different skill um and i think that's that's important as a software developer that you have got things to do outside of just visual studio or vim or whatever you use um it's nice just to switch off and and do something else and you know you're the same with fitness.
1: To bring this back to software development, have you I'm I'm curious, have you been doing any kind of project management with your house uh renovations?
0: Yes and no. Um I have a shared reminders and to-dos list with my wife. Um I did use Trello in my old house but um one of the integrations I was using for Alexa stopped working. So now we just use a, w- a weird thing with Alexa um, to add stuff. So like you know, just shopping, grocery shopping, and stuff like that. But also managing the stuff in the house. I've just been using reminders. Um, do you? Do you do anything like I know you're, you've got a strong way that you do at work, but I don't know. Do you, do you, do you translate that to your life tasks as well? I feel like
1: you need um, complete uh, agile. Workflow, Jira, the lot. Oh, you know, do some sprint, do some sprint planning with uh, your granddad.
0: Yeah, estimate some, estimate some tasks. Yeah, this is the guy that uh, doesn't wear a mask when he's sewing stuff that he should. So he's not really on the health and safety side. So I think he would he, tell me he just got, to He's got no time for yeah. Jira. He's got no time for sprint planning and retros. He'd just be straight in there, and be like, "Look, I've done the job. I've done it. It's perfect." It's all about that
1: waterfall life. Yes. Yeah, project management. Um, yeah, I I'm quite. Just so have a lot going on in my life, outside of obviously work, um, running a side business, uh, having a family. So yeah, I try to keep myself quite organised, and I use a an application for pretty much everything that I need to kind of record or be reminded about. Uh, called To Do. That's an iOS app available on Mac as well. Um, but day to is that still around? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's as it, updated or maintained wow. as much as it used to be, and I've slowly been teasing with the idea of switching wow. to Notion for everything.
0: Wow, I remember to do it was one of the first iOS apps I ever bought. I think it is.
1: It's really nice. Like still, um, as I said, it's a bit it even looks a bit dated now. It's not kind of with the iOS aesthetic anymore, um, and I feel like. It mightn't be updated as much as it was. But it still works. Um, but yeah, I mean, I use that to maintain and manage my life generally, overall. And day-to-day, I use uh, the, the bullet journal method. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of that. But um, basically, you kind of, you journal your day. You're able to kind of list out tasks, notes, events, um that are important to refer to throughout the day so it mightn't just refer to stuff that i need to do for work but you know run an errand uh send an email phone uh the vet phone the doctor that kind of stuff um and it, it, it's quite it's quite opinionated on how you should use it um but it's quite simple as well and you can uh, you can adapt it to to meet your your needs but it basically offers some kind of basic uh day-to-day management um and, and that you can res- kind of reschedule tasks through another day so what i generally do is is actually map out my week in a notebook uh, with, with general tasks that i know i need to do um and events that i know i have um, for example recording this podcast um and then what i'll do is each morning i'll sit down and before i even open up the laptop i'll kind of map out what i need to achieve for the day list those as tasks and then if i for whatever reason i don't get them done in the day they can be then forwarded on to the next day um and that's kind of done with a little kind of uh, chevron in the in the notebook to note to note that that's been forwarded on to the next day um so yeah i'll kind of drop that in the uh we'll drop a link to that in the show notes It's definitely worth looking at and um, but it's just nice to have a a a paper a paper kind of component to your daily life rather than everything being digital
0: yeah it sounds quite sophisticated to me and i've seen you use this for years and i looked at it a few years ago when it first kind of came out i think um it's obviously maybe it's a bit long a bit older now but i I don't know but uh i looked at this a few years ago when it was kind of maybe a trend and um yeah, it was just something else to learn. I have a hard time keeping up with the latest JavaScript syntax. So it was just something else to learn that um, I chose not to, but also I'm maybe naive in thinking that I can just kind of go on as I am because it's kind of, I have things all over the place that I manage for various different things. And it sounds to me that you have one one kind of thing that kind of just doesn't dictate, but it kind of steers you in the right direction and you can kind of pick up and alter as your days go on. Um, and move things around and having that non-digital copy is kind of uh, nostalgic as well kind of feels like you can take that with you it's not digital you're not relying on looking at your phone or whatever um, it's just something you can kind of sit and reflect away from a screen as well um, on on what you're doing
1: it's um, I think what's probably the biggest benefit for me is that so I have the notebook pretty much open all day on my desk and stuff comes in my mind and i just have to kind of make note of it otherwise i'll forget um so it's that's just a quick way for me to kind of jot something down so necessarily something to do or something to remember at least i've got a copy of it to hand rather than having to um physically open an app and type out what i would need i can just kind of scribble a quick note down so yeah it's i I don't follow it to the law by they by how they prescribe you should, but um I've kind of adapted it to the way that works for me but
0: very nice and I suppose that you will be you'll have that um journal on your desk and I seen you've just got a new workspace a new desk set up with uh, some new gear. Do you wanna talk about what you did there and what what stuff you've got going on and what what's your plans with having that that space now that was a great segue great I know.
1: Yeah, really. Let's just take a minute to appreciate that segment.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was great. Well done. Thank you.
1: Um, Yes, uh, new workspace desk. Um, So I have been working, obviously, with GraphCMS since September last year. They are a German company. I am in Newcastle in the UK. Um, So, yes, I work remotely, as do you, all the time. Um, Up until last week, I was working uh, every day, pretty much, on my uh, kitchen bench.
0: Oh, dear. Oh, no.
1: Yes. So I was working from my 13-inch MacBook Pro, uh, sat on a kitchen bench, ergonomically not very healthy, um, certainly not very comfortable, um, not very, you know, I'm working on a small screen. It certainly wasn't helping my productivity. So last week I was having back pain, and I said I had enough, I'm going out I'm buying um the stuff I need for to set up a workspace in one of my spare rooms so I went out I did it it's set up and it's the best thing I've done in a long time I'm so happy um and I actually feel healthier I feel happier and I feel even more productive um but I think a lot of it is is, is um I think a lot of it is mental so previously I was working obviously in the kitchen we live in the kitchen you know yeah. I have I live with my fiance, I live with my one two-year-old son. Um, so that is a living space and it's very hard and I think it's important now I've realized the importance of separating the workspace to the living space, especially if you work at home. That's an important part of working remotely, I feel. Yeah, so now I've got that separation. I lit, you know I come upstairs into the office to work. I can go downstairs to eat lunch to have dinner previously we'd be having dinner at the dinner table and there's my there's my uh my laptop yeah. to my left my journal to my left my uh, microphone to my left headphones all that stuff it's like there's no there was no separation now i've got that separation um i've got a standing desk uh, adjustable standing desk so i can stand now my back feels great i've got the boom set up on the desk um nice lg 4k display so yeah very happy
0: nice just to place where you can just disappear, call work, and then when you step into there, you're in office mode, and when you step out, you are back to being dad, I guess. Um, You also mentioned... Back to being dad. Yeah. You also mentioned in there um, your fiancé. We didn't mention when we were catching up on the first episode that over Christmas you had proposed, so congratulations for that. Thanks, Jamie. Um, And I suppose since you were talking about kind of your desk and your workspace and... um, you know, It is that place where you can kind of shut off. Um, it's often quite nice to be able to uh, leave, leave the house almost and kind of go out and where better to go than meetups, local meetups. And um, recently, well, maybe yesterday or um, a few days ago, we were informed uh, that the Front End Northeast group that is quite popular in Newcastle is now shutting its doors. So I think it will have its last event, which is its 60th event. And I think they've had two conferences, nearly 100 speakers that we're saying and had over 5,000 tickets, um, uh, as well as lots of pizza and beer um, at these meetups. There's, there's a lot of the community, I think, in the Northeast attended this meetup and had a lot of speakers come from all over the globe um, to, to share their experiences with the Northeast Um, which is really nice, and obviously they did that at the conferences they ran as well. But uh, both you know Colin, Martin, and Sam, who ran that, did a great job. Um, And now that's kind of closing its doors, and it's kind of time for for new things, I guess. Is there any meetups in the the Northeast you'd say that uh, come to mind when you think about the tech scene? Like, what is the tech scene like in Newcastle? It's been a while since um, I've worked in the city centre and kind of occasionally went to meetups but what what's what's your thoughts on 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 the on the scene now um, maybe if anyone's listening and you are from the northeast run a group or attend a group let us know which is popular and which uh which you know which which to attend uh, that might be interesting to us um, i'd certainly love to kind of attend more of these and get familiar with more of the northeast tech scene um but yeah what's your thoughts there jonathan like what what is there any which you've attended in the past i know we've spoken a few in the past in the northeast um to me it very it feels very uh a lot quieter than what it was maybe two or three years ago when there was you had like uh uh, an ignite for startups and things kind of all kicking off Uh, there was a lot of hype and now it just seems to have fizzled out almost which is sad
1: yeah firstly um sad to see front northeast close the doors um hadn't been to much of the events recently um Spoke at one of their events way back in the day, probably four or five years ago now. Um, nice. You've spoken there in the past. They had a big following, as you said. Um, they, they they haven't said why they've stopped, um, but I imagine you know they've they're putting a lot of work over the past uh, you know hundred uh, sorry sixty events uh, the past few years. So I imagine it's kind of it takes its toll. It's a lot. There's a lot. Um, there's a lot of work involved I know running events there's a lot of work involved so um, yeah I imagine it's just kind of taking a toll they probably they mightn't be as invested as they once were so it's it's sad to see uh, it's sad to see them close perhaps it will be reincarnated one day who knows in regards to other events uh, meetups in the area there's JavaScript Northeast which we've also both spoken at I believe Uh, PHP Northeast um, I've no interest in that because I'm not a PPP developer, um, but there's, uh, Sunderland Digital, I believe, have a meetup.
0: Yeah, I've spoken to Sunderland Digital, um, there's a nice, there's a nice crowd there, um, and even people, like, not from Sunderland travel into Sunderland, even people from Newcastle, um. Travel in, and uh, you know, there's quite a good variety of talks that go on there.
1: Yeah, there's also recently um, Dev Hub North. I've seen um, quite a lot of activity on LinkedIn. Um, I believe that's run by Ronald James' group, Recruiters. Um, please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, but they had a meetup last month or maybe earlier this month i can't remember and they had well over 100 people i believe there uh, which is quite impressive for the northeast um there is also it's just come to me now i believe it's called front end middlesbrough uh it's run by jimmy bradley
0: yeah yeah he's a nice guy
1: and they've had they've had some quite prolific speakers there they had um phil from netlify speak there um so yeah, they're, they're heavily into the, the Jamstack, uh, GraphQL, Gatsby ecosystem. So that's probably worth us checking out as well.
0: Yeah, I've wanted to check out the Middlesbrough meetup as well. Um, it's kind of just similar to, you know, maybe it's the reasons why I've not attended Front and Northeast. is just, it's a bit of travel. I'm a bit closer now, um, but I think when the winter comes and it's cold, it's, you kind of, uh, you don't want to go out and travel. Um yeah, and it's kind of a la- it's a lazy it's a lazy excuse and lazy lazy reason. But uh yeah, in the summer it's a lot easier especially if you're working in Newcastle it's a lot easier to travel when work ends.
1: Yeah, I was just about to say, um working remotely, that would have to be a deliberate trip to Newcastle. Um obviously if you're already working in Newcastle or you're working in Middlesbrough or you're working in Sunderland, then attending these meetups after work is kind of commonplace grab a beer, have some pizza, hang out with uh, your peers. With working remotely, it's kind of, you have to be a conservative effort to um, actually go into Newcastle. And during the winter, that's not really that fun because it's windy and it's cold and it's often wet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You summed it up perfectly. Well, I think lastly, one of the things obviously we want to talk about is, um, maybe very briefly, just e-commerce APIs. Um and the reason why I bring this up is we were both kind of looking at different APIs to use for a project um, that we wanted to work on. So we kind of scoured the internet, looking at all the different e-commerce APIs. Haven't worked for an e-commerce API before. Um, uh, it was it was nice to just kind of step back and take a look at the you know the variety of different platforms and what they can provide. And we spoke to a handful as well to kind of get a, an understanding of how they all work and what they offer. But it was also surprising to kind of see. There isn't one tool that kind of does everything for a developer and also caters to that kind of merchant as well. Um, you know, the the Shopify. Shopify is really nice because it has it has a um, an admin interface that is very intuitive, but at the same time, it can be quite limiting on what you can kind of get out of it. So that's maybe why people upgrade to other platforms. But um, yeah, it was just interesting to kind of look through them all, don't you think?
1: Yeah, so... As you said, we used to work at Malton, um, and we were always very, well, as 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 most companies are, they, we were always very critical of ourselves, and we always thought what we actually had wasn't the, uh, as good as other players in the market. It turns out if you actually look at what's available in the market, Malton wasn't that far off. Um, they definitely were more cared um, for developers, and what what we're seeing is, yeah. in this particular project, we are needing a strong developer offering, but also a um, a strong uh, admin interface, or so, uh, you know, somewhere to manage uh, product inventory, somewhere to manage orders, somewhere to um, process refunds, and so on. So we need the best of both worlds because. We want to build a great experience, but we also want the um, client, the potential client here, to actually enjoy managing their store. So, as he said, we looked around. We looked at big commerce. We couldn't figure out. We couldn't even really figure out if they had a headless solution that was non-enterprise. Um, we know commerce tools are definitely on the enterprise side of things. Um, we've been looking at commerce layer. Whilst their developer offering is very enticing, um they didn't. They don't really have that strength on the admin interface that the the client is used to. They used to Shopify, so we found ourselves drawn yep. back to Shopify and actually looking at their storefront API and seeing whether we could. Without diving too far into the, the the kind of client's needs, we we're trying to figure out whether we could um, manage multiple currencies in a single store. Um, and so, yeah, we found ourselves. We went. We start. We went in with, hey, we need to move off of Shopify. Let's look at other platforms. To actually now coming back full circle to Shopify.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been interesting, right? To kind of just look through those, like I said. Um, and it's funny because you know Shopify is it's been around for a long time it's kind of one of the uh one of the pioneers in the kind of the movement towards the kind of easier drag drop click around and add your products to a page and sell them um without very very little effort we know that commerce tools was one of the pioneers in headless apis but uh like you say they're more very um enterprise sided um and it's important to remember like when we were kind of looking through all these different tools we had a specific client in mind you know, we had we had someone that didn't want to deal with front end code or integrating APIs. You know, the client really doesn't have any knowledge of what an API is or does. So Shopify is perfect because they don't have to look at any of that side. Um, but we can build a really good front end that's using their their APIs, and they get to use that. Um, some may just want to use a platform like Molten where you can kind of use it as a almost as an event system, where you can add webhooks to it, and you can trigger all of your and i hate using the term but business logic use that outside of the system so when you use the commerce apis it's just triggering webhooks and then you know more advanced things are going on outside of that system because that system i think should just be a very dumb layer and then it can just pass data around um kind of one of the ideas i had with cartql was that you you add items to a cart you check a cart out and pay for it but if you want any other things to happen, then just add a web who can listen for those events. So, uh, you know, I think those systems being really dumb is also nice, but only nice if you're a developer. Um, you know, the, the Shopify is great because it has that intuitive interface interface for non-devs. So, yeah, um, it was an interesting ride. Interesting ride to, to do it. And, um, yeah, it was fun.
1: Yeah, we obviously explored the DIY approach to commerce with uh, the GraphCMS SwagStore kind of that approach to connecting multiple APIs via events and webhooks and, and uh GraphQL meshes and so on. So yeah, that's whilst that's a very developer friendly approach, it 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 kind of leaves a less desirable solution for the client or the um people who are managing the content, shall we say? Yep,
0: yeah, absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Um and like you said, Moulton, they almost had that um, but I think that while their APIs were um, improving, uh, they didn't have all of the functionality. But like they had that webhook system, so you could keep it very dumb uh, and treat it as dumb, and then uh, enhance the data with uh, with webhooks and events. The dashboard also wasn't kind of catered towards that Shopify user. Um, and I like the Shopify interface because you can kind of go in, you can create a variant, you add some options, and you can create a different image. And it kind of almost hand, you know, holds your hands through the entire process. But obviously, the, the dashboard at Malton, it was kind of just more of a crud interface. Um, and it didn't really offer that kind of hand-holding experience that maybe people joining were looking for. So I think ultimately, it did become that kind of layer between kind of front-end and another system that handles the business logic. But yeah, that has been everything that I've wanted to discuss this week. Um, is there anything left on your mind? No, I think that's uh, that's good for this week. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Uh, show notes can be found um, on your podcast player. You can read the description and the notes there. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Notrab. And I'm at Jonaj. Have a great week. See you next time.